And welcome, everybody, to 88.5 FM WVOF in Fairfield, Connecticut. Joe Kelly with the Upper Room, just kicking it off right here at 5 minutes after 4 o'clock. And uh, it's a snowy, rainy, crazy day. I live up in the northwest hills of Connecticut, so crazy ride down to the studio. But uh, we are in for a real treat. I've always wanted to uh, say these next words because... uh, I've been following this artist's career from when I first got back into radio in 1982 at WVF, where our old location used to be. Uh, and he has had a storied career working uh, with his own records and also working with Kim Wilde, Mr. Paul Weller, Monty Moyer, Stevie Wonder, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. And he has a brand new album. It's called Oceans. And he's a DJ, too. So we're going to get into that a little bit. But uh, without further delay, I welcome to the Up Room with Joe Kelly. Junior Giscombe. How you doing, Junior? I'm well, Joe. How are you? Now, now I always, uh, most people know you as Junior. Your last name. How, how did I do on the pronunciation? Oh, you did well, man. Giscombe. You yeah, did Giscombe. very well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for our, our listeners right now, they can go to uh, Junior's website, Junior Giscombe, G-I-S-C-O-M-B-E dot com. And, That's correct. Yeah, you got a new album out, Oceans, and we've been playing it as soon as you sent it. And and uh, tell us about it. It's an independent venture, right? A High Quest Ventures, right? Yeah, that's correct. It's an independent venture. I decided I'd, um, you know, over the years I've been signed to record companies, major record companies, and, and my association with them has always been, like, you know, here and there, and, you know, we're, we're always fighting. And I just thought, you know what? I've been very fortunate, you know, I've had a lot of success in terms of things that I've written or things that I've produced or my own work. And I just decided that it was now time to um, take creative control and also take business control. So High Quest Ventures is my own company and um, I'm putting it out through my own company. So this is uh, a new, if you like, it's a new forum for me. It's somewhere new for me to go and I like challenges. So... I'm really excited about this. Well, G and I were been listening the past week uh, as soon as we got the CD, and I was trying, you know, I was sitting in the living room listening, and I'm saying, you know, it's really tough to pick, you know, two two or three songs to even put in an interview. It's such a solid record from, from the get-go. Thank you. Yeah. Some of Thank this, you very much. Now, now t- tell us about the production on it. I know yourself, you play a lot of instruments and sing, and you, you also have a co-writing partner on it, right? That's right. My partner on on this project's a guy called Wayne Brown and it was the opposite way around with Wayne. Wayne did most of the playing and um, we did the programming together and I did all the vocals obviously and um, in terms of the, the actual production I think what it came down to was the fact of trying to steer clear of what everybody else was doing and trying to do something that was very much me again. It was like going right back to the beginning when I made Mummy used to say mm-hmm. um in England, everybody said it was a rock and roll record, and and they wouldn't play it. And in America, when it came out, everybody was playing it, and they were upset because there was a remix done. Uh huh. Right. So, <laughs> and in England, and in England, everybody was like, you know, over the moon that the remix was done. Right. So, right. it was basically that I'd gotten myself to a place whereby I, I was making um, records, which were, I think, individualistic sounding records to me, and that's what I wanted to get back to. Now, now, you talked about people getting up in arms about tampering with a classic, you know, here in the States. Um, you you would think that, uh, you know, people over your way are, are a bit open-minded, right? How about today, uh, music-wise? 
it's funny you say that. I mean, I know people say that, like, England is a lot opener. It's more open than the U.S., and it most probably is in a lot of respects. But it's mo it most probably is in a lot of respects. But um, you find with, um, with England that um, it has a lot of closed doors, too. And what that does is it closes off a lot of the new music that's going on. A, a few years back, we had a, um, a breakout of a music form that the kids were doing called Jungle. And uh, they managed to have a few hit singles with it. But because it wasn't nurtured correctly, the music went back underground and then kind of like distilled and got watered down into various different things. In England, we, we tend to be able to come up with it. We just don't have the backing through even the DJs themselves in terms of like being behind the movement of that mm -hmm. into it transmitting into the press and into the whole thing moving forward. A bit like how, to be quite honest with you, when I was a kid and I came over to America, with mummy used to say, hip-hop was just starting. So I went out on the road with Curtis Blow. And, you know, Curtis was like the biggest hip-hop star there was mm -hmm. at that particular time. And it was really interesting, you know, being able to go around and play various venues and see the whole thing develop into what it's become today. Now, now when you came to the States, you mentioned touring with Curtis. What kind of venues were you playing here in the States? Wow, we did... Um, oh, this is terrible now. Um, where... In, we played New York together, and we did a, a show in Washington to actually turn around and be able to tell you the, the two places. I've got them written down in my old diaries, so I have to go <laughs> right. and look back. <laughs> right. No, but, I mean, you have definitely... I mean, you left an impression on me through, through the music uh, throughout Thank these you. years. And I brought some of the old records that, uh, you know, we're going live here for the WVOF show, but we also will be re-airing this in a couple weeks on our 24-hour network with G. Dassault and myself. Really? at UpperRoomWithJoeKelly.com, and we'll be including more of the catalog with Junior. But uh, right now, I, I want to get into uh, something from the new record, because uh, okay. this is a great record. It's called Oceans from Junior, and uh, his website, once again, is JuniorGiscombe.com, G-I-S-C-O-M-B-E.com. And uh, let's see, we'll kick off with Friends, and yeah. this is from Junior. Junior's our guest right here at WVOF. Uh, that's some great music, brand new music from our special guest, and uh, true honor to have on Junior Giscom right here. Junior, you know him from Communication Breakdown, Oh Louise, Mama Used to Say, and you know we were talking off air. Junior has Junior's a well-rounded uh, artist. Um, he's also we're not going to say the word DJ because, and, and yeah, I, I agree with you because you know I could do what I do here, interview, spin records, but I can't cut it up and get people saying, wow, that guy's incredible at a, at a club with the music. Tell but it's, it's, I think it's interesting, though, Joe, because, you see, I think you can... All DJs that I've met over the years, I've had, you know, a hell of a lot of respect for, for the mere fact of what they have to do in terms of putting a show together, putting music together that they hope people out there will like, and also trying to find music that they're trying to get people to get into because they're excited by the music. I think that that's an incredible talent within itself. Mm -hmm. And, that you know, um, being able... We were talking about um, radio, and I do solo radio at the present moment in the UK, and being able to play on, on air and um, have people listen in, have people email you about the tracks that you're playing and the style and everything else... 
I love it. It's absolutely knocked me away. So the website people can go to listen is solarradio.com, right? That's correct. Now, now tell, us, tell us the air times and dates for people who can listen to you online. Right. The air times, I'm on from Monday to Thursday um, from 4 till 6. That's UK time. Okay. And uh, you can go up there, picture of uh, Junior, and also check out juniorjustcome.com uh, yeah. where you can get the... Uh, the link to go and get oceans. It's also available at cdbaby.com, a real nice site. Uh, cdbaby.com. Just type in Junior uh, Giscom and uh, Oceans. Bring you right there. You can listen to tracks. And wh- you, you mentioned the single. Uh, wasn't what, what's the first single off the record? Well, the, the first single here in the UK is All I Do. Okay, All I Do. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the first single here. Now. Uh, You've uh, had an incredible career starting. I, you know, I had one of your records when you were recording as Norman Giscom. And oh, that, good. That, that was on. That was on the wax. Uh, I think it was called Hot Up and Heat or Get Up and Heat. It. That's right, Up and Heat It. Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> I didn't oh. bring. It, I didn't bring it today, but I got it back at home. Um, oh man, that tune came out. You know, in the UK, became a huge hit in France. I, I think it went to number one in their dance charts in mm-hmm. France. And I didn't know a thing about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so they owe you some money, right? Oh, yeah. I'm still trying to get it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you know, a thing I always, you know, from the interviews I saw of you, you know, before we started talking uh, back 80s or early 90s, that, uh, you uh-huh. know, you were always one to tell it like it is in the music business. And you alluded to in the beginning on struggling with the record companies and everything. Uh, uh-huh. As an artist, I mean, making a great record, and then what are some of the trials and tribulations that kind of said there's a better way to do it independently? I think I think that really started very early for me when I when I um, I think just after I did Mummy used to say, and I remember going into we'd made the second album, and um, I remember Inside Looking Out was the title of the second album, and I remember going into a marketing meeting. And I remember sitting down with the marketing man who told me that there was a band on the label. I won't mention their name because they're well known. Uh-huh. But there was a band on the label who they were going to spend something like in the region of half a million pounds in terms of just promotion and everything else. They hadn't sold as much records that I had sold, but they turned around and said that they were going to spend £25,000 on my record because it's a black record and it has to be played in the clubs first and then we'll see whether or not it makes sense for any money to be spent behind it. Mm -hmm. Now, that was after selling over a million albums and maybe like two and a half million singles. So you sit there and you think to yourself, all that money that's just been made and you're going to, pl- you're going to give it to somebody else to promote them, right. and then you're going to start me from the beginning again. Wow. So I think our argument started from there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so is it tough going in the studio knowing you, you still have to make records for the company? Yeah, right. With, with that kind of... Through, that was hard, man. I'd gone through a phase when I did the... Um, the second album, the yeah, the second album to the third album took forever to make because I, at one stage, refused to record because it was like I wasn't being, I wasn't now going to be able to make the kind of records I wanted to make. That was pretty much obvious from the stance that they were taking, and that made it difficult to create. So I would write songs, and everything that I wrote wasn't good enough. So. I'd gotten to the stage after nine months of continual writing 
that I was going to do a writing exercise for myself just so that I knew that I wasn't losing it. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I took the, um, I think it was the melody from um, Heard It Through the Grapevine. Okay. And I used um, the music from another very successful song. I can't remember. I think it was a Stevie Wonder song. And I managed to marry the two into a song. And I came in and I played it to these executives and these A&R people. And everybody turned around and said, no, 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 that's a load of rubbish. There's no way. That's this and that's that. And I sat there and I listened to them. And at the end of that conversation, I turned and I said, you do realize that that melody was a number one melody around the world. And music form was another number one. And it's not been changed in any way other than the fact that the lyrical content on top is different. Wow. And everybody sat there and everybody <laughs> sat there. Everybody sat there and it's like, well, I don't, I don't. But you see, I was even ahead. I bought even the records right. so that they could hear uh-huh. what I was saying. Then that was a load of a lot of red faces, and and that made it worse because obviously I was proven the fact that they didn't know what they were doing, and and um, they weren't actually really um, dealing with my career in the way that they should do. So that made it hard for them. It's like anything, really. When you look at somebody and you're telling them the truth, oh, yeah. and they don't want to hear it, it takes a little <laughs> while for them to actually like digest it and realize that you're not actually having a dig. What you're trying to do is is to say to people that like, listen, we can work together, we can make it work, but you've not, you can't put the music down or, or water it down or put it into some kind of box for it to work for you. It doesn't work like that for me. Uh, I'm sure you can go in some of these boardrooms today and teach them a few more lessons too. Oh, I'm <laughs> much sure. Changed, I right? <laughs> some of the stuff that they're allowing to come out, they're terrible. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's bad, real bad. Um, hey, you know, I, I want to say thanks quickly to uh, Gita. So I know she's out there listening uh, for hey, helping G. us today. And uh, mm-hmm. also to our Internet listeners at WVUF.org. I, I got word that a lot of people are listening across the world. What's up to wow. uh, uh, the funky girl at Funkhome.com in Paris, France, and everybody hey, out there. Spreading nice. Yeah, you got to hook up with them, yeah, because uh, <laughs> some serious people out there, funksters. So, yeah. Oh, great. Um, I know you've had... Uh, chance to work with some of your uh, idols throughout the uh, your, your career and one of them yeah. and he's the first guy that I saw in concert I went to the Hotter Than July tour uh, Gil Scott okay. Heron and Stevie Wonder All working right. with and you work with Stevie right? Yeah I worked with Stevie on um, an album he, he did called Characters Okay, right. and um, I did BVs for that album um, for that song right, one of a kind mm-hmm. from that album and um, I had my association with Stevie started when I did Mummy Used to Say. I'd met him at his station in L.A. And um, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. He was he was somebody <laughs> whose records I'd been buying since I was a kid. And here he was telling me to come into his office, and we were talking music. Right. And I, I just couldn't... I froze. I couldn't speak. My, my palms were wet. My, I always remember it, you know, it was right. like, you know, when your lips go dry, yeah, right, crack. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Stevie was just so wonderful. He, he, he was able to just put me where I needed to be, which was, I need at the time it was my first, um, experience of coming to America as an artist and doing like TV shows and, and things like that. And, um, one of the shows that I did was, um, Billboard had given me an award for that year, 1982, Best Newcomer. And um, everybody was backstage. 
and Stevie just kind of took me under his wing and, and would introduce me to everybody. And um, I remember trying to sing a song of mine, trying to sing it. Listen, I did a song called Communication Breakdown right. and Michael Wycroft was in the wings and he listened to me singing the song and he called me when I finished and he said to me, you're not singing it correctly. And Michael sang my song better than I did and he made me sing it as good as he did. And I thank him for life for that. <laughs> and it, it was just like that. It was, uh -huh. I'd, I'd met um, people who were just so warm to me. Maybe it was because I was the, um, the black English boy coming in mm -hmm. and um, it was new. I was, I was new. The way I spoke was new. My attitude was different. So maybe that's what it was. But it was a wonderful everybody. I mean, going right across to Robert Gillion, who everybody that I'd met in that first six to eight weeks of being in America were just so warm and incredibly nice to me. And Stevie just became like my big brother and um, showed me a lot of things and still teaches me a lot of things. Well, our special guest right now is Junior Giscom. Junior's new album, Oceans, right here on WVUF in the Upper Room with Joe Kelly. And he's going to be with us for, for another segment. We want to thank for taking time out. Uh, nighttime out there in, in uh, you're still based in out of UK, London, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's nighttime here now, man. It's, what, 25 past night. Right. So, uh, you know, thanks to the uh, Internet and everybody. And, and we're here on uh, 88.5 FM on, on the standard radio. Uh we should get into, uh, oh, I'll, I'll ask you one more question before we kick off into another new track from Oceans. Uh, Go for it. We, we have an instant message at AOL Instant Messenger. You can instant message, uh, instant message us at WVUF885. They want to know uh, when you're going to be coming to the U.S. Uh, for a show for your new release. Any plans? Oh, or is that man, everybody, yeah. I'm sure you get hounded with that, that question, yeah. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> asking. I'm now at the point where I'm just waiting for promoters to talk to me. Okay. And um, I'd love to come in as soon as possible. I miss the U.S. Right, right. You know, the last time I came in was um, five years ago. I, I produced a record and an artist here called Richard Blackwood, and we were having lots of success. And I, yeah, That's I your nephew, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Right, I got, yeah. And um, we were having a lot of success with a, I did a remake of Mummy Used to Say called Who the Man, because mm -hmm. he's a comedian, and we did it in a very funny way, and it seemed to work for people, and that was great. And I wanted to master the album, so I came to, I came back to New York and was in New York for like two weeks, and I just wanted to get back around the country again. It's such a wonderful, vast, wonderful place. So we hope you're here soon, but uh, make it happen, right? You know, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, 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 hey, you've been in, wow, 1982, wow, the first major label release. Uh, uh -huh. but, you, but you still, hey, man, I saw the the pictures on the website. You're still looking good, man. You're still young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. So obviously inspired by by the music. Um, we got another track from Oceans. This is called You. Tell us a little bit about writing this one. Oh, you, you, you. I, I went, as I said to you, I went straight back to the beginning. And um, I think you is a universal song for every one of us. Boy, mother, father, uncle, sister. You're just basically talking about the one you love. And, and my you is my mother. And uh, the song is just saying what I think we all say when we have that special person in our life. I'll never find another you, no matter what I do. All right. This is music from Junior right here from Oceans here on WV. Music from Junior right there. Sounding really good. That's called You, the uh, two-sided single.
All I do? Yeah. You hear me all right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I can hear you, man. It's And the track that was playing was you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, we played you, and then All I Do is is the double single with that, right? That's correct. Yeah. It's like a... In the old days, we would have said it's a double A side. Right, double A side. Yeah. Well, when I got I got into radio here, wow, re- fresh out of high school in '82, and I used to belong to the record pool, Hill Record Pool uh, in, in this state. And you know, when we used to get your 12 inches, yeah. um, right. that would be a big thrill just to have because uh, we used to take a couple of your records, the big hits, and spin them on the turntables and get kind of like that. Uh, airplane sound, the double effect. I don't even know. Like you said, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not DJs on the turntable, but <laughs> it, it was just, man, growing up in that time, it definitely leaves an impression. I mean, even In Words is such a great song, which was uh, the flip of uh, Side of Too Late. That you know, Yeah. All that great music. Oh, how, how, much, how, how much, how many of those albums do you have in your personal possession? Are you... I keep, I've got, I've got one copy of every album that I've ever done. Okay, how about the 12 inches? Did you keep copies um, of those? No, uh-huh. this is the thing. I didn't keep copies, I didn't keep copies of the 12 inches, and right. I wish I did. I'm, I, it's a bit like now, I'm, I'm looking up at various sites to try and get them. Okay. Right. Um, well, I got, I got to send you a holiday present one time. <laughs> oh, please. Because <laughs> I got a bunch please, of them. <laughs> oh, please, man. Yeah. It, it, it's a bit, you know... During the time of doing the records, it's terrible. During the time of doing the records, you're doing the records, you're listening to them, you're trying to make sure they're okay and everything else, and then you go on and you go on. Instead of actually, like, keeping one so that in years to come you look back at it, you just figure to yourself, fine, that's done, that's done, that's done. Mm -hmm. And then the major projects, like when you do the albums, you ensure that you keep an album because it's like, right, let me listen to the overall of that. But you forget the singles that came off and the remixes that were done. And, you know, it would have been nice to have kept a lot of those stuff as well. Well, uh, Junior's new album is called Oceans on his independent label, High Quest Ventures. His website, JuniorGiscom.com, G-I-S-C-O-M-B-E.com. And uh, he's out in uh, London. Uh, you've got family based in, uh, all, all. you've got family in Jamaica. And I, I saw Canada too, right? Yeah, I've got yeah. family in Canada. How you doing out there in yeah. Jamaica? What's, what's guanin? <laughs> <laughs> right. Some, some patois, and right? You, you know what I'm saying? And all of you family members in the U.S., yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Junior, all, always always a, a definitely a, a great person to talk to and uh you know, you've been through so much in the in the industry. Um, now, now I forgot to talk about, and I know a lot of people. He's a great friend of ours and and part of the Minneapolis music history. Monty Moore. You work oh, with yeah. Monty and uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. What was your first uh, introduction to those cats? And you know, I guess well, you and Monty are gonna hopefully uh, reunite musically and stuff and touch bases. Oh, places. Yeah. definitely. I I um, my first um, the first time I met Terry and Jimmy was at um, a convention, I think it was in Atlanta at the time, and, and they had just recorded a group called Climax, and I had gotten a copy of what they'd done and just thought that it was fabulous, and we had met, and we discussed, we, we started talking about um, both of them coming over to England to record my second album, and I was just so excited by them because I, you know, I knew of the time, I knew of their, their work with the time, with the first album, and, and, you know, I was just in awe of what was going on in Minneapolis at that time. 
and um, I came back to England. This is just to show you about closed doors. I came back to England and I started talking about Terry and Jimmy and I said, like, these guys are going to be the next big producers. They want to come and do a junior album for virtually nothing. All they want is a hotel room and the diems, which is like maybe like £50 a day so that they can eat. Here are the two top producers that <laughs> I think are going to blow up in the world. The record company turns around and says to me, I'm mad. They've listened to what they've done. They said it's rubbish. Six years later or seven years later, Terry and Jimmy do Change of Heart. They're now charging a hundred grand a track. And my record company says, hey, you should go and work with Terry and Jimmy. They're the boys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> when it was going to be free, right. they weren't the boys. Right. When they charged a hundred grand a track, they were the boys. So it's like that learning curve. But, you know, that's where I met them from. And, um... Monty, I um, I wanted to record in Minneapolis, and uh, I think at the time Monty was doing a young man from England called Stephen Dante, okay, and um, he'd also done some work with I think Ruby Turner at the time, but I liked that there was something about what Monty had done. He had done the um, Janet Jackson right. Pleasure Principle, yeah, yeah, exactly, and. I just, that, that just had so much vibe and feel to it. I just wanted to work with him. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, it was one of those situations where the record company was like, no, 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 we don't know who Monty Moore is just because he's with the time. And I was like, you, you still don't get this, you know? It's not really <laughs> about that, right. <laughs> you know? So I managed to kind of like twist some arms and got things done and came to Minneapolis and spent, oh, must have been about two months nearly three months in Minneapolis, back and forth. And I just fell in love with Minneapolis. I fell in love with the people there. I fell in love with the attitude. I fell in love with the fact that, like, musically, it's like breakout. A lot of there's, there's nothing to really influence you if you're coming from an R&B perspective. You can come from a rock, um, because rock is R&B. You can come from any part of it and, and mix it up. And, and Minneapolis was that. You know, the the young jazz musicians that they have down there are awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just a, for me, it was like a musical, a musical playground of, of just wonderful musicians, young, you know, the princes and, and you know, the, the his band or Sheila and, and all of these people, just wonderful musicians who, who are just wonderful people. And, and I needed, at that stage in my life, I actually needed to be in that kind of environment. And, and it's on record, and uh, I know Monty, you know, I, I saw Monty a few weeks ago here in Connecticut, uh -huh. and he, he, was, he was really pumped to, to uh, be able to hook up with you, and hopefully you guys, hey, I, I'm oh, sure you, you're both independent, and get in the studio and do some stuff. Definitely. That would be cool. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, like, you know, I I look at life in a way whereby um, I think that we have what I call earth angels, and you're very fortunate in life if you meet one. And that, that they don't have to be with you every day of your life, but it just seems like, like God, they, they walk with you spiritually. And that Monty had that spirit from our first meeting to um, this day that leaves me calling him, you know, he's one of life's earth, earth angels. Yeah, great guy. Um, he is. You know, you know there's a little side note to something you said before. The day that you sent your, your new album to us uh, at The Post... I also got that day uh, a package from Cheryl Cooley of Climax with a oh 2006 God. calendar and a remix of uh, Meeting in the Ladies Room that she does. She did. Oh, so that's wow. I, I put it together right as you were talking. I said, 
Wow, that's really strange. That is strange. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, well, I guess the band, they had their little disagreements about different, but uh, yeah, it's, it's Cheryl's cool and, you know, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. So, that's great. Uh, yeah. Um, we wanted to also touch briefly on uh, Paul Weller and the Style Council. You worked together with them and uh, did yeah. you, you went on tour with them too, right? Yeah, we, we got together through, um, we were together through, we, we put together, a, a what would I call it? I would say it was a political unit oh, okay, called Red right. Wedge. Uh-huh. Myself, myself, Billy Braggs, who's um, more of a folk kind of rock artist was at that time, political artist at that time, and also Paul Weller and myself. We put together, um, if you like, a, a band called Red Wedge. And it was a band of musicians who, what we wanted to do was just basically enlighten the youth of the time to politics, not in the sense of being part of any political party, but just in the sense of being able to understand some of the, the, the politics that goes on so that you can affect your area and affect your MP, which we have in our in constituencies in the UK, you can affect your MP by lobbying him to ensure that certain things get done for you as young people within your area. And um, we got together because we all believed in that uh, way of thinking. And we went out and toured together. We made a record together. Paul did a song. We called it Soul Deep. Jimmy Ruffin was also on the song. Um, Paul, myself, um, DC Lee was always on the song as well right. and we had the record actually the record took off for us so we decided to do a red wedge tour which was a, a really bold interesting um extravaganza in the sense that we, we we would have like four or five main bands that did the whole tour but in each city that we went to in the uk two bands who were very successful or two bands who were up and coming or a band that would be like be very new, nobody had heard about, we'd allow them to come up and do their set. So here we were in front of maybe three, 4,000 people every night, and there'd be like new bands, bands, but they were all coming from the various areas that we would go to. So if we were in Liverpool, it would be a Liverpudlian band, Manchester, a Mancunian band, and that's how we went through the whole tour, and it was a very successful tour. Um... We did that, and uh, Red Wedge stayed around for a few years and uh, basically disbanded. But it was its 20th anniversary last year. So in the UK, they did a few different um, radio shows talking about the time then to the time now and changes and stuff like that. So that was a very interesting um, time for me as well, getting involved in politics and meeting Neil Kinnock and um, finding out a lot more about how the country that I live in, how it worked. So Junior's all, always an involving artist and doing a lot of things. Uh, you can catch him at solarradio.com uh, for his uh, host uh, host of a radio program. And, uh, you know, Oceans is just coming out, cdbaby.com for Oceans, Junior Giscom and juniorgiscom.com. Um, a lot of people may not know that you, you went through uh, almost an uh, experience where you passed away, you broke your back, right? In a car yeah. yeah, I mean, t- 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 you have pictures up on your uh, website, but uh, uh-huh. you know, t- you know, I, I don't know how, how much detail you want to go into, but tell us what happened. Oh man, I I'd, um, I'd gone out one night as you do, and 
I was on the way coming back home and I was on a motorway on the way coming back home. You'd call that a freeway for you. Right. And um, the car just lost control. I, I, it just locked. The actual steering wheel locked and, and there was nothing that I could do and it just went straight into a barrier and span over and I managed to get out of a car as much as I remember. I managed to get out of a car and the car was going to look like if it was dropping on top of me. So I put my feet up against the car just an instinctive thing and just felt when my back broke and that was like it broke in two places um the next minute when i woke up at first they were telling me that i was paralyzed so it was like i think what did me was the fact that like i'd never at the time it was like the fact of never being able to walk again um the initial impact of that just crushed me mm -hmm. um it took a couple of days, weeks, and they worked on me, and um, I give thanks to God for that. And uh, oh, about after three months, I was able to leave the hospital, but I wasn't able to work. And um, again, it's like, you know, I need to work. I, I need to write. I need to, to be involved in music. It, it just pumps me up, and I couldn't do it for about six months afterwards. I had to go on a physical um, fitness program. And um, I didn't start recording until I think it was nine months after, nearly a year after. And when I did, I had to uh, go in the studio. It's so funny. I used to go in the studio and they'd put a bed in the studio and I'd lay on the bed uh -huh. and they'd put the mic down and I'd sing going up. And I thought, wow, nobody would believe this. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of like, know, a, but, I think John Lennon recorded a record like that one time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, you just, you, you, I was like, no, I don't think people will ever believe this. But um, it took a little while, but it was a, it was a life changing experience. Just not because of the fact that I was fortunate to actually come out of it, but I think the things that were going on in my life at the time, which were very negative, needed addressing, and I'd, I'd been trying to um, continue down a road without addressing certain things, and I think that accident just made me have to like pull up all as they say right you know when you go to yard i'll unpull up right so, you know you know <laughs> that's what it made me do i had to like pull up and stop and um realize that i needed to take care of certain things before i could move forward and it was funny as i did start to take care of them things begun to fall into place so you know it was like it, it taught me a hell of a lesson mm -hmm. in more ways than one so your voice is sounding stronger as ever, and, and your writing amazing. Oh. This, this Ocean's record, of course, we're going to get deep into uh, the tracks throughout our various shows. And if you just uh -huh. tuned in, uh, Junior has been our special guest, uh, and we'll be re-airing this in its entirety with additional music from Junior's catalog and more tracks from Ocean's uh, in the next couple weeks for three days and three nights at Upper Room with JoeKelly.com. But... You know, I really got to thank you from the bottom of my heart for stopping by. I've always wanted to talk to you over the years, and um, you know, you you made my day. I was I was looking forward to coming in the studio all weekend long. So thanks, oh, thanks brother. Man. No, thank you, and thanks to everybody out there listening in live right now, and to all of you listeners who will be listening later on. Um, all I can say is, Joe, you're doing a fantastic job. I, I you know, and I just thank you very much for taking the time with me because I know what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no, I said, I'm, I, I'm just saying I thank you very much for taking the oh, time yeah. with me and, and, you know, right, it's been, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thanks. So, uh,
Yeah, I, I mentioned before, I brought some 12-inch records from Junior that we used to get in the record pool when we were just out of high school. Start. You're gonna send them, right? You're gonna send them. I, to I, I got, I got to help you out. You know, at least I got to send you, a man. couple of them, right? Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, so you know, I love in words, but I wanted to give some of those uh, old school junior fans who, you know, the people, you know, when you go, to, we we start cameo over the weekend at concert, and, and oh, throughout the con, you know, when when uh, they did the Alligator Woman album, yeah. see, that's the record yeah. where I got into them, but. I was singing the words, and not too many people knew that record. They wanted right. to hear. They wanted to hear the candy and the word up. So I'm gonna play yeah. this next track to uh, satisf- satisfy the people who love to hear those hits. But this is the extended version of "Too Late" oh. and uh, re- real personal lyrics. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people, you know, in all all walks of life go through situations like this. And you know, I think mm. the lyrics stand as strong as the record, the the, the groove. Thank yeah. you, thank you. I, I've that song, again, I've got to thank everybody in America for that song because um, that song in America gave me a career. And I'll always be, you know, grateful to that song, Too Late, because it, it was talking, as you know, about uh, abused women right, and right. coming from the child's perspective and what he was seeing and the woman's perspective. And when I first came to America, I did a lot of uh, going around to various places and meeting people who had gone through that kind of abuse. And they'd all ask the same question, what made you write the song? And it was, I'd met a young lady in Scotland, and um, I was I was doing a gig in Scotland with a band called Lynx. And uh, I'd met this lady, and we were sitting down and we were talking, and we just got deep. It was like we... we just managed to go from level to level to level and she started to tell me about her childhood and and too late was her childhood mm-hmm. it was what she went through right and what she told me her mother went through wow great story from junior too late and then we're going to get into another great cut off the new album from junior oceans called closer and uh, uh yeah junior giscom.com g-i-s-c-o-m-b-e.com also it's cdbaby.com um, you can just type in Junior Giscom and they'll bring you right to the new record. Get this record in your collection. And uh, thanks, Junior. Thank you very much, Joe.